But uh, I was preparing for a podcast, and I, um, I, I, I want you to know, saints, I really do take this podcast really as seriously as I do standing behind the pulpit. It's, it's that important to me. I try to find the mind of God uh, for each and every podcast. I try to, to uh, find out what God would have me to say and, and help me to have the right words for somebody that's going to be listening. And so uh, I, was, I was praying. I was, I was preparing. I was trying to find the mind of God for a podcast. And I, I, I was working diligently. And I mean, it was coming together. And I got to looking and I got to feeling it so strong, and I, I, I kept telling myself, this, this doesn't need to be a podcast. This needs to be a message. I, I need to preach this to everybody. The whole church needs to hear this, and, um, and anybody else that's listening needs to hear it. And I, I, uh, I mean, I worked and worked. Well, I was, I was working on putting it all together, and then I got a message from my dear friend, Brother John Burgess, Colorado Springs, and he uh, had agreed some days before to record a podcast for us, and it came through on that very day when I'd been working on all of this, and uh, I thought, well, I believe the Lord has just given me the the, uh, the window of opportunity that I need. Uh, Brother Burgess will take the podcast, and, and uh, I can set this one aside and work on it some more for the next time that I get to preach. Now, the amazing thing was some of the very things that Brother Burgess addressed in that podcast uh, went right along with what I was feeling and wanting to say in this message. So, in fact, I'll refer perhaps to some of that before I'm done tonight. But I do feel this. I feel this um, really strongly in my spirit, and I... I believe that God has a specific word for his people tonight. I really do. I really do. And those of you that are listening, I, 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 know, I know that when you're sitting at home, it's easy, so easy to get distracted and, and to let other things catch your attention and draw your mind off of what's going on. You can't see the speaker. You can't. You can't really get as engaged as if you were here. But please hear your pastor tonight. As I tell you, I really believe I have a word from God for this church tonight. And I want you to, to, to tune in spiritually tonight. I want you to tune in mentally tonight. Tune in physically, intellectually. I want you to, to get where I am right now and... And let God talk to us. Amen. Praise God. And I hope that you're going to help me. Now, again, I encourage you. It really does matter when uh, I start getting amens and other comments uh, texted to me or sent uh, on, on whatever um, form of media you're using to listen. I, I try to go back and look at those things after the service. I'll, I'll pull up. Uh, the various means that we're broadcasting by and try to read all the comments. I do my best to try to read everything that's being said. And it means a lot. I, I think I've, I've told you I had the opportunity uh, last week to preach to the church in Colorado Springs, but I was sitting at my dining room table preaching to an empty room. My wife was in the other room. Uh, she was listening. Brother Burgess had asked her to do that just in case there was any transmission problems and she could come and notify me so she wasn't listening to me. She was listening to the actual broadcast. So she was in the other room. There was nobody there at all and nobody had my number to text. Now, I know there were some uh, that had found out I was going to be preaching and they were sending them to my wife and, and I found out about that later. But, but it really made a difference not knowing whether anybody was even getting what I was saying. No response, no feedback. It's, it's, it's a different experience altogether. Thankfully, I felt the anointing of God. But it does help. So I just want to encourage you to, uh, to send those text messages and, and to stay engaged, especially tonight. 
especially tonight. Let's turn to the book of Exodus chapter 12. It's a bit of a lengthy reading. I am doing my best to be extremely aware, conscientious of the time. And, um, and, and so I, I'm, going, I'm going to be watching that. But I want to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And I don't want to get in such a rush that I can't give you what I feel like God has spoken to me tonight. So it, it's a lengthy reading here, but there's a reason why I'm going to read all of this. And, and part of that reason is I don't want to have to come back and reread every verse. So I will read a few of these again, but, but I think if I can read it all to you now, um, maybe you can, can retain this. Uh, as I point out some things from it. Exodus chapter 12, verse number 3. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying in the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbors next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take up the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs shall they eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all, or, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning you shall burn with fire. Now, I want you to especially pay attention to verse number 11. Now, verses 3 through 10, he's given all of these very explicit instructions. How to do it. What to choose. Uh, everything is laid out uh, meticulously. And then... In verse 11, he says, And thus shall you eat it, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. So, all of these Detailed instructions about how to get ready for this moment. And then he said, in the moment, this is what I want you to do. I want you to be fully dressed. I want you to have your traveling gear together. To put it in today's vernacular, I want your backpacks on. I want your suitcases packed. Something's about to change. And I want you... I want you to be careful to make sure you do it the right way. But when you've made sure it's being done right, then I want you to do it as fast as you can. Eat it in haste. Because it's the Lord's Passover. Eat it in haste. Amen. Now, I'll try to remember to announce my title in just a few moments. If I announce it now, you're not really going to understand. So hang on. And if I forget, it'll be posted later on. You'll see it wherever form you're listening. You'll see it title posted. So if I forget, our good sound man's got us covered in that department. But I want to I preach to you for a little while tonight. The burden of my heart. What I'm feeling so strong in my spirit. And even as I read this tonight, I feel, I feel so strongly in my spirit that God is ready to speak to us in a very special way tonight. 
Amen. I want to ask you one more time. Would you just lift your hands right where you're at and ask God to talk to you? Ask God to speak to your heart. Ask God to let you see what I'm seeing tonight and let you understand what I'm saying. Could we pray together right now? Everybody, let's lift our voices to the Lord. of the Holy Ghost. I pray tonight, God, help us, O oh Lord, in this service. Speak to hearts. Show us your way, God. Give us understanding tonight, I pray. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Would somebody just praise the Lord for a moment? I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, amen, amen. Now those of you that are here in the sanctuary tonight, our singers, our musicians, I'm gonna tell you, I really need your help tonight. I need you to make up for everybody else that can't be here. I want you to be your voice and their voices as well tonight. Amen, would you help me out tonight? Praise God. All right, God bless you, you may be seated. In our text, as I've mentioned already, God gave instructions to Moses that Moses was then supposed to pass on to the Israelites. He had to let them know that after all of these years in bondage, deliverance was finally on its way. They had spent centuries in Egypt, but now, tonight, everything is gonna change. As of this night, we are leaving this place behind. As of this night, we're not gonna stay in the beds in Egypt anymore. We're getting out of this place. God is about to deliver us. Amen. And so God gave the instructions. God let them know, get a young lamb, get uh, one that is uh, male, get one that has no spot and no blemish. And we understand the typology uh, of, of all of that. Uh, amen. But what I want you to notice tonight, uh, amen, is the way after all of that. You Now listen, God, God is saying, you make sure of this detail. You make sure you've got this on your table. You make sure that the lamb meets the qualifications. You make sure that it's the right size for your family. You make sure that none of it's going to be wasted and none of it's going to last until morning. God's given them all these instructions about how to get ready for it. But then when it's time to eat, read it for me again, Brother Hilton, in, in Exodus 12, verse 11. And thus shall ye eat it. Yes. With your loins girded. He said, I want you to eat it with your loins girded. Your shoes on your feet. With your shoes on your feet. And your staff your in your staff hand. Your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. And here's what I want you to know, Israel. I want you to eat it as fast as you can. I don't want you dilly-dallying. I don't want you sitting there just enjoying the meal. I don't really want a big conversation going on around the table tonight. I just want you to know things are about to change for the children of Israel and they're changing tonight. And I want you to be ready to go when I say go. You get ready and you eat it in haste. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up, children of Israel. Hurry up. Eat it in haste. Don't waste any time. Hallelujah. And yet, I want to ask you something. I want to ask you something. They hurried. They ate it as fast as they could. The death angel came through the camp. The firstborn was smitten for all those who did not have the blood applied to the doorpost of the house. They ate in haste. They were in a hurry to get out of there. And I'm telling you, when those cries started going up and they were coming up out of Pharaoh's house, just like they were everybody else's house, I can promise you, Brother Albritton, they weren't dragging their feet at that moment. Israel was ready to get out of there. 
They knew what was about to happen. They knew they were not going to be wanted in Egypt anymore. And so they began to eat in haste. But when they left, for all the hurry they had gone through, what happened to them? They were led to the Red Sea. Now there wasn't a bridge there. There weren't any boats waiting on them. They had eaten in haste. But when they got to the shore of the Red Sea, listen to what Moses said in Exodus 14, verse 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Fear ye not. Stand still. Wait a minute. Fear ye not. Do what? Stand still. Stand still. Fear ye not, stand still. Read. And see the salvation of the Lord. And see the salvation of the Lord. Which he will show to you today. Which he's going to show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, today, you're going to see them again no more forever. Listen to me, saints of God. They had to hurry up and do what God told them to do. But then when they went on their way, they reached a point that they were at a standstill. So why all the hurry? Why all the rush? Why did God say you got to hurry up and eat this? You got to hurry up and consume this when God knew full well that when they got to their destination, they're just going to stand there and wait. Well, hallelujah. I think it's a question that's worth asking. And I'm going to tell you tonight, I believe that what God was expecting of them was for them to do their part and to do it, amen, as they believed that God was about to send deliverance. Pour your whole self into it, Israel. Give it everything you've got. But then, when you've done everything you can do, I want you to stand still and wait on me. I'm going to do my job. And when I get through, I'm going to deliver you once and for all. Oh, I feel this tonight. I'm going to deliver you once and for all from every one of those things that have been binding you. Those things that have fought you you're never gonna see them again but right now you just gotta stand still and wait oh hallelujah oh I feel the Holy Ghost I feel the Holy Ghost tonight hallelujah now look it was no simple feat to open up the Red Sea wide enough to get all of these Israelites across and to keep it open until the last Jew was on dry ground. And then leave it open until the entire army of, G- of, of Egypt got into the middle of the seabed and then close it up again. Yes. I'm telling you, the timing of God had to be perfect. Yes. It had to be perfect. He had to open it just the right moment let them get across leave it open just long enough so that no Egyptian made it to the other shore and then close it all up while they're all right there is anybody hearing me tonight I'm telling you God had a perfect plan God was doing something it's going to take some time Israelites but when I get through everything oh I feel this tonight everything is going to be set in place for me to completely bring the enemy down I'm just setting them up I'm getting everything ready you just hang on you've done your part but now hang on I'm setting things up for the greatest victory you've ever experienced in all of your life oh hallelujah Woo, hallelujah I don't know I don't know 
how much of my notes I'm going to be able to get to tonight with everything I'm feeling. Hallelujah. And I, I appreciate the amens and the preachers that are coming in. Thank you so much for doing that. I just wish I had a house full of people that I could preach to tonight. I wish I could see your faces. I wish I could know that it's really registering what I'm here to tell you tonight. And again, I'm not all that worried about getting through my notes. What I am worried about is delivering what I believe God has spoken to me for Truth Church. I want to tell you tonight what I'm feeling. Hallelujah. I want to remind you tonight of where we were prior to all of this lockdown. I want to remind you tonight of how this year got started. I want to call to your remembrance the powerful moves of God, the way the spirit of the Lord was moving in our midst. I want to call to your remembrance tonight, amen, the many times that, that I got up or others that were here, the other preachers got up and made statements to this church. I feel revival in the air. Does anybody remember that? Does anybody remember as this year was starting to unfold the expectancy in our hearts, amen, the way we were so full of faith the way that we felt God was about to do something it was finally going to change it was finally going to be different proclamations were made words of faith were spoken and then rather than revival breaking out a virus broke out and not just here locally but worldwide. Now, church, I've said it over and over, and I'm going to say it again. God was not surprised by this coronavirus. It did not catch him off guard. You hear me? He knew it was coming before anybody on earth even had a clue. Now, I don't care what you think about the coronavirus. And I know there's all kinds of theories out there. I know there's a lot of folks talking it's man-made and it's this and it's that. And, and look, it doesn't matter to me where it came from. I'm telling you the God in heaven knew it was coming. He knew it was about to happen. Now think about it, saints. God knowing what was about to take place, he was still moving in our midst in a mighty way. He was speaking through preachers, telling us revival's coming, revival's here, things are changing, something's happening in the spirit. We felt services where things we knew. Brother Hilton, do you remember? We, we said, I remember, I, I felt one service, I said, something broke, something broke around here. Anybody remember that? I, I'm telling you tonight, amen, something broke in that service and then yet here we find ourselves under lockdown now do you know what's going on saints of God I'll tell you what's going on we were eating our Passover in haste in those first few months and now we're standing at the Red Sea amen I have got some instruction for you just stand still child of God don't be afraid stand still and see the salvation of the Lord Hallelujah. 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 He didn't catch God off guard. And it brought the whole world to a screeching halt. The whole world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope you can see a parallel between what happened at the first Passover and what took place at the beginning of 2020. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, preachers, those of you that stood behind this pulpit and started preaching revival and preaching faith, don't you let the devil beat you up and convince you that you missed it. I'm here to tell you, you didn't miss it one bit. We knew the mind of God. We understood what God was doing. And just because everything's standing still right now does not mean the plan of God has changed. I'm just telling you, there's a soft wind blowing. God's getting ready to part a Red Sea. There's something, oh, I feel this. God's getting ready to set things up for the greatest victory and the greatest deliverance we have ever seen before. God's getting ready to 
put our enemies under the water. Hallelujah. 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 And so I'm telling you tonight the same thing Moses said to the children of Israel when they stood at the Red Sea. Fear you not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will show. For listen to me church, for the spirits that we've fought for so many years. Woo, hallelujah. The spirits that we've battled for decades now. I'm going to tell you, when God gets through doing what he's doing, we're not going to see them anymore. We're not going to battle them anymore. God is setting the devil up for a downfall and he's setting the church up for a great victory. Woo! Woo! Hallelujah! My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. Praise God. I want to turn your attention tonight to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 and 14. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 and 14. Read for me. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. Yeah. And having done all. And having done all. Stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, you know, I remember so clearly. This is the amazing thing. You'll find out about old age. Uh, you're not there yet. Not by a long shot, but you'll get there. You'll get there. And I'm going to tell you the amazing thing about old age. I can remember details of my childhood. I mean, I, it's like... It's like there's a video playing in my mind. I can see the colors. I can, but don't ask me what I ate yesterday for lunch because I don't know. I don't remember much about yesterday. In fact, there's things about today I don't remember. That's just the way it is. But I can tell you, I remember very distinctly the first time I heard this passage of Scripture referred to. I was just a brand new convert, and, 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 and most of you know my story. Wasn't raised in the church. Didn't know anything about the Bible. Didn't know anything about the Scripture. My parents didn't take me to church, and I, I, I went to church, and God filled me with the Holy Ghost when I was 12 years old. Nobody else in my family living for God. I was just a 12-year-old boy, didn't know anything about the Bible. As, like one man said, said I, didn't know, uh, I didn't know generations from revolutions. Amen. I didn't know anything about, about anything in the Bible from front to back. I didn't know. And I heard this dear old sister. Amen. Precious saint of God. Been living for God for many, many years. I heard her stand up to testify. And she said, you know, said the Bible says when you've done all to stand, just stand. Right. And oh, I heard her say that. And I, I thought, man, that sounds good. You know, when you're struggling, Brother Hilton, and you're going through the battle, and man, you just can't hardly get the strength to even get up. You're weary, and you're worn out, and you're beat down, and, 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 you, and you know, you're bleeding, whatever, but, but if somehow you can just pull yourself up enough to stand, you just need to finally just stand there. And, and that's the way I understood the Scripture because that's the way she applied it in her testimony. That's the way she quoted it in that testimony and it just stuck in my mind for years that what the Bible was saying was having done all to stand, just stand. But I got to look at it, this passage and that's not what this passage is saying at all. If we'll look at it again, I want you to look, if you've got your Bible there, and you ought to, it's church time. We're going to go to church, you ought to have a Bible there. We're not going to talk about U.S. News and World Report or New York Times. or 
We're going to talk about the Bible. Hallelujah. If you'll look in your Bible at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 13, I want you to pay attention. Now, I know the punctuation we have in our English Bible is not in the original, but, but it's there for a reason because those men who were scholars in that language understood the writing and they put the punctuation there to help us understand it. So I want you to look at the way this is punctuated. In verse 13, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, comma, to stand, period. That's the sentence. It's not a continual sentence, having done all to stand, comma, stand therefore. It's having done all, comma, to stand. There's a difference. Let me, let me, let me try to explain this to you now. The idea is not that we do everything we can so that we can stand. The idea is first we do all. And then once we've done all, we stand. Hallelujah. The word done means to work fully. The word all means every one of the things or absolutely all. The word stand means to abide, to continue, to stand still or to stand ready and prepared. And so the Riggin revised version would read this way. Having fully completed absolutely everything, stand prepared. I hope you got that tonight. Having fully completed absolutely everything, stand prepared. In other words, we're not mustering strength to stand, but instead we're using God's strength to do everything we know to do. And once we've done everything we know to do, then we're going to stand and wait on God to do the rest. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you what needs to happen right now. We need to be getting ourselves ready. We need to be doing some preparation. I'm telling you there is a victory that God has planned for the true church. There is a revival that God's got ready for us. I'm telling you, it's wrapped up. He's ready to deliver it. But you know what he's waiting on? He's waiting on his church to get prepared, amen, to receive what he wants to give us. I'm preaching to you tonight, saints of God. I'm trying to deliver the burden of my heart to you right now. I'm gonna tell you what we gotta do. We gotta take advantage, Brother Hilton, of this time. We've gotta take advantage of this time that we have. And we gotta prepare ourselves like never before I'm going to tell you the enemy is hot on our heels but God is getting ready to part the Red Sea we just got to prepare ourselves yes, oh hallelujah praise God look I'm not going to take the time to read all this I've got it in my notes for Brother Hilton to read it I'm not going to read it but these verses that I've read verses 13 and 14 if you really want to see if I'm telling you the truth, all you got to do is read the verses before and after, verses 13 and 14. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but, but if you got your Bible there, just look. Verse number 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And then he starts talking about put on the whole armor of God. Verse 12, we're not wrestling flesh and blood. We're fighting spirits. Verse 13, take the whole armor of God so you can be able to withstand. This is what he's telling us. Not just muster your strength and barely stand up and you're having to hold on to the guardrails to keep yourself afloat. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, come on, we got to get girded up. We got to get our armor on. We got to get ready. We can't go into battle, amen, without any kind of protective covering. We can't go out there and fight when we hadn't been trained to fight. 
Oh, I hope somebody is hearing me tonight. Uh, amen. He goes on. Uh, amen. He says, when you've done all, then you stand. Stand therefore. But here's how you stand. With your loins girt about with truth. Uh, with your feet shod. With the preparation of the gospel of peace. Uh, you got the shield of faith. Uh, you, you, you're able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation. The sword of the spirit. And he says, praying always with all prayer. Oh, I'm preaching tonight. I'm telling you, saints of God, amen, that what the Lord is saying to us as a church, we got to get ourselves ready. There is a victory with our name on it. There is a revival, amen, that's already packaged up and ready to be delivered. But we got to prepare ourselves. Now, I told you I would announce title of my message so let me give it to you now I'm just calling this message God's purpose for the pause God's purpose for the pause amen let me be clear to you tonight. Amen. I'm telling you what we're in right now. What we're in right now, Brother Jaheem, what we're in right now is just a pause. It's just a pause. God didn't hit stop. He's just got it on pause right now. But there's a reason why. There's a purpose behind this pause. God is saying to the church, I got some things I want you to do right now. You've been busy. Oh, somebody hear me tonight. You've been so busy about everything else. You've gotten your lives so wrapped up in this old world. God said, I am going to take some time and get your focus back where it belongs. You've got to take this time when the world is on pause and get back to what really matters and get ready for a revival. Oh, hallelujah. Let me tell you, saints of God, I've, I've seen the memes and you have too. You know, this is, some of them saying this is God's judgment. And they're quoting 2 Chronicles 7, 14. And here's the problem. They said there's so much sin in the land. God's sending all this judgment on the land to bring about repentance. Now, I don't deny for one minute that our country has reached a place it deserves judgment. Did you hear me? I don't deny that. But I'm going to tell you, I do not believe that what we're experiencing right now is the judgment of God on this world. And there's a reason why I don't believe it. It's because it goes against everything the scripture tells us about the character of God. Hang on. Genesis chapter 18 Abraham is having a conversation with God because God is about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham is having a conversation with God about it. And here's what Abraham said he knew about this God of heaven. Genesis 18 verse 25. That be far from thee to do after this manner. Now listen. Abraham said this much I know about you, Jehovah. It's far from you right. to do after this manner. To slay the righteous, slay the with, righteous the with the wicked. And that the righteous, should, that be the righteous the wicked. should be as the wicked. That be far from that thee. Be far from thee. Shall not the Shall judge, not of, all the the judge of all right. the earth do right. Listen to me, saints of God. And I know this is a controversial statement, but I'm going to tell you I don't believe that what's going on right now is God's judgment against this world because if it was, he wouldn't judge the righteous along with the wicked. And there are lots of good people, good one God apostolics that are battling this thing just like everybody else. I'm telling you that's not the judgment of God. That's not the way my God works. He doesn't judge the righteous along with the wicked. In fact, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 9 gives us a second witness. Here's what the Bible says. For God hath not, God appointed, has not appointed us. That's wrath. the church. God has not appointed the church to wrath. But to salve, obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, God's not going to pour his judgment out and make his church suffer as a part of his judgment. Well, hallelujah. Some of you may disagree with me and you got every right to be wrong. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. And I'm telling you, I don't believe for a minute this is God's judgment on the earth. And let me tell you, I don't believe that this is strictly because the devil said it. I just don't believe that. Now, I'm telling you, I do believe the devil's using it. The devil's taking advantage of it. The devil is making it work for his own good. And again, if you want to blame the devil, I I never care. I, I don't care if we blame the devil every time we sneeze. I don't care. It's fine with me. But I'm just telling you, I don't believe this is the result strictly of what the devil wants. I believe with all of my heart that God, not that God created it, but that God is allowing it to put everything on pause while he prepares the Red Sea, while he gets everything right where he wants it. You see, the Egyptians had to be a certain distance for all of this to work just the way it needed to work. Everything had to be laid out exactly. Look, God plays this thing, amen, like a master chess player. He's got every move. And I don't care what the devil does. I don't care what move the devil makes. When God gets through, it's checkmate. Somebody hear this preacher tonight. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God is playing this thing out. God is using it. The devil may be using it for his advantage, but so is God. God is working it for his own good. Now, I mentioned to you, Brother Burgess sent me a podcast pre-recorded. Some of you still haven't listened to it. Your pastor's asking you to please go back. Do you know what episode that was? 21 maybe? Uh, I think 21. Anyhow, you got a right to be wrong, so praise God. I, I think it was 21, but you can look at it. You can pull it up, and it'll have in the description there. Brother Burgess is the, is the guest speaker. But, but I'm asking, if you have not listened to that podcast Please, it's, it's, not, it's not even 30 minutes long. It's not even 30 minutes long. Go back and listen. I don't think it is, is it? Have you got it? Did you pull it up? Did you find out what it is? Oh, technology. Never works when you need it. Anyhow, whatever it is, whatever it is, you need to find it. Go through and find it. What? 21, thank you for confirming I was right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You ought to trust your pastor by now. All right, all right, all right. 27 years and you hadn't figured that out? And I've been your pastor for 24 of those 27. So, so uh, uh, anyhow, we won't talk about all that. But, but anyhow, episode 21, go back and listen. Listen to Brother Burgess. There's two things he talks about in that podcast. And again, I was working on this message before I ever got his podcast. Had no idea what he was going to say. And, and then he tells about a message in tongues and interpretation. And some of us were there when that message went forth. And the Lord spoke in that meeting. And he said, there's a time that's going to come. Oh, I feel Holy Ghost. There's a time that's going to come when you're going to wonder where I am. And, And God said, I'm not just talking about one individual or one church. He said, I'm talking entire churches are going to wonder where I am. But he said, listen, I'm going to remind you in those days. You're going to remember that I told you that this time was coming. And he said, I want you to know when this is all over, I'm going to raise up a glorious church. And my people are going to do exploits. Listen to me, saints. God gave us warning a few years ago. I'm telling you, amen, God has hit the pause button for this whole world and he's given his church a chance we gotta get a hold of him we gotta get to praying we gotta get to fasting we gotta get to doing the things that we know to do well we've got 
everything on pause. This is our time. This is our moment. After telling about the tongues of interpretation, Brother Burgess went on to talk about a vision God gave him. It was right about that same time frame. And he said there was a, I forget what he called it. Uh, he didn't say a plague or a virus, but there was, a, there was something that was unleashed upon the world. What? I don't think he said pestilence either. Use some other word. Uh, but it, it was just a, he said it was like a, a swirling uh, darkness that he said it just began to flood into a place and, and he said it was terrible and, and it, it, it left everybody wondering what was going on but he said as I watched uh, as I saw it happening he said all of a sudden uh, there was a gleaming spire that began to come up out of the middle of that uh, amen and a glorious church uh, began to rise to the top oh church I'm telling you God is working on us right now God has got a revival amen that he's trying to give his church but he's calling us we gotta find a place to pray we gotta find a place to get on our faces again we gotta seek God amen look God's dealing with sinners God's dealing with backsliders in fact I believe there's some listening tonight and you know God's dealing with you amen I'm gonna tell God's getting ready, amen, to bring a great harvest to his church. But we got to get ready. We can't just sit back and wait for it to happen. This is our time of preparation. I don't know. I don't know how much longer God's finger is going to be on the pause button. We better take advantage of it. Well, we've got the opportunity. Hallelujah. We'd better take advantage of it while we've got the time. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you, saints of God. Amen. God is trying to get. You know, something else I thought about. I I remember coming back and telling this church. I think it was at Admit. I don't remember now where it was. I heard it somewhere. I, I remember coming back and telling this church about a group of preachers that shut themselves up for a, for an extended fast. You remember that? And, and a group of preachers shut themselves up on an extended fast, just wanting to hear some kind of clear direction from God. And at the end of that period of fasting, God spoke to them and He said, "I'm going to send a mighty revival, but it's only going to be." for those churches that bear my image that bear my image you don't want to know what's got to happen right now brother Albritton I'll tell you what's got to happen we got to start letting God form his image in our lives we got to start laying aside things that are distracting us things that are holding us back oh church if I've ever felt I'm talking in the Holy Ghost I feel it right now I'm telling you this is our time to really get a hold of the master and let him get a hold of us let the potter put us back on the wheel let him mold us let him make us because there's a revival coming and we've got to be ready for it oh hallelujah oh my time's up my time's up hallelujah hallelujah there's a scripture it came to my mind, and I, again, I won't take the time to read the whole passage, though I've got it here in front of me. I just want to challenge you. Write it down if you've got a pen and paper. Read it after the service. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 21. Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 21. In verse 16, Paul said, redeeming the time. Brother Hilton, I felt, I felt so strong tonight as I was putting the finishing touches on this message. I felt so strong that emphasis 
Church, we got to start redeeming the time. I'm afraid we've already let uh, some weeks slip through our fingers uh, when we didn't really make the most uh, of what God was giving us. Uh, but I do believe uh, God has impressed this preacher, amen, to come and preach to everybody that's listening. Whether you're a member of the Truth Church or not, doesn't really matter if you have been baptized in Jesus' name, full of the Holy Ghost, I'm preaching to you. I do believe that God is going to send a revival in this last day. And I know, I know, I've, I've got good friends that have said, show me that in the scripture. Show me in the scripture where he's going to do it. Well, I'm just going to tell you this much. The Bible says, amen, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, when I look at the original church and I see what they were experiencing, if the church of the last day does not end up like the church of the first day, then he did not keep his church the way he said he would. But I believe he is going to keep his church. I believe when we get out of here, we're going to be everything that the church was in the beginning. Amen. Criticize me. Argue with it if you want to. But that's my conviction. I believe God wants to take us back to the book of Acts and beyond. I believe God wants to show us things he's never shown this world before. But we're going to have to redeem what time we have left. I don't know when all this is going to end. I don't know when they're going to start lifting the restrictions. I heard our governor today saying that her goal was to slowly start reopening the state the first part of May. But that depends on how many new cases of the virus spread. Depends on a lot of factors. I know some states are already entering in, but you understand nobody's just going to open the door and just return everything. It's going to take months to restore it. But I am telling you this, as things start getting back to somewhat normal, we're not going to have this opportunity again. You hear me, church? I don't believe we're going to have this opportunity again. I don't believe we're going to pass this way Again, now I'm not prophesying that. That's just me. That's just my opinion. But I just think that this is a very special moment in history. And God is looking to us to take advantage of him hitting the pause button and us looking to him once again and going back to him and seeking his face and trying to get alone with him. Now, I told you, write the verses down, Ephesians 5, 15 to 21. I'll tell you why I want you to do it. Because in those verses, there's a list of things that we would be doing if we're redeeming the time. I'm not going to read all these verses, but let me just hit the highlights. One thing, if you're going to redeem the time, you've got to know the will of God. If you're going to redeem the time, you've got to be filled with the Spirit. If you're going to redeem the time, you've got to be involved in worship. Yes. If you're going to redeem the time, you're going to have to learn to submit to one another. And then Paul uses this phrase again in Colossians chapter 4 verses 5 and 6. And there he tells us we need to use wisdom especially towards sinners. Right. Let me just say this and I know my time is up. But let me say because it's a big thing right now. Especially today, it's a big thing. And I'm not throwing stones at anybody or criticizing anybody. Far be it from me. I am not going to touch the Lord's anointed. I'm not going to do it. But I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. The big question is, why are we letting the government push us around? Well, I want to set something straight tonight, my friend. We're not letting the government push us around. We made this decision before the government ever said we had to. We did it for your safety. And we did it at the advice and counsel of our elders. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. And I believe that this is a time. In fact, I, Lord, I don't have time to deal with this. Some of you may have never thought of this. But you know the book of Daniel opens up talking about four Hebrews. There was Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All of them had to stand when the king wanted to feed them his food, there was four of them. But then you read, when the image is set up, there's only three of them there. Now, Daniel was obviously a prophet. 
So could I say this? Daniel was pastor for those other three boys. And something happened. And those three boys found themselves in a time of temptation and pressure. And they didn't have their pastor close at hand. I don't know where Daniel was. I don't know why he wasn't there. But he evidently was doing something. He was somewhere God wanted him to be. I believe that. He was that kind of man. He was on some mission. He was doing something. He wasn't hiding and he sure wasn't bowing. He proved that later on. Hallelujah. But I'll tell you what did happen is that God gave those three Hebrews an opportunity to show what was in them when they couldn't come to church and report to their pastor. Could it be that's a part of what God's doing right now? Could it be that this really is the plan of God for us to be doing what we're doing because God wants to know, are you going to pray when you don't have to look your pastor in the eyeball? Are you going to read your Bible when your pastor is not there three times a week? Are you going to worship God when you're having to do it in your living room and there's nobody else around? Well, I feel like preaching tonight. I wish I had another hour. I don't, and I'm not going to try to take it. But I am telling you tonight, and I'm not trying to be mean or ugly. I'm preaching a burden of my heart. Uh, I believe God gave those three Hebrews a chance uh, to find out for themselves and to show everybody else uh, what they really had on the inside. Truth Church, God's given us this opportunity right now. God is giving us the chance uh, to find out what's really on the inside of us. Uh, are we still getting up and praying are we still reading our bible are we still participating in the worship services are we really giving it our all I hope you are and I know some of you are hallelujah but I'm going to tell you tonight I believe that's the purpose I believe that's God's purpose for this pause button he wants us to examine ourselves he wants us to draw close to him. This is a time of waiting on the Lord. But you know, waiting on the Lord. I, I've said this before. The people who serve us in restaurants when they're open, we call them waiters. That doesn't mean they stand around twiddling their thumbs, although some of them do. Uh, but we call them waiters because they wait on us. That means they're serving us. When the Bible tells us to wait on the Lord, he doesn't mean you just sit down and do nothing. He's saying serve God. Serve God until God makes his next move. And can I tell you, the Bible is replete with instructions with commands for us to wait on God. But with every command to wait, there is always a promise of victory. Musicians come. I'm, I'm trying to close. I'm, uh, who is it? Somebody, somebody likes to say, uh, Brother Merriman or somebody make, makes the comment about, you know, that when the musicians come, it gives everybody hope. So, so I'm giving you some hope right now for you to know the musicians are coming. I don't play just yet and don't sing just yet because I'm not really through. I'm just giving people hope. That's all I'm doing right now, just giving them hope. But listen to me. Psalm 37. I want you to read these verses. Got a few verses here. Listen to me. Psalm 37, verse 34. Listen, listen. Wait on the Lord. Wait. Now look at this. Wait on the Lord. And keep his way. Uh-huh. And he shall exalt thee and to inherit the land. And he's going to exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are and cut off. You know what he's going to do, Brother Hilton? If you'll wait on God, he's going to cut off the wicked before you. This is a promise. This is a guarantee from the good God of heaven. Proverbs, amen, chapter 20 and verse 22. Say not thou, I will recompense evil. 
But wait on the Lord. And wait on the Lord. And what's God going to do? He shall save When you. you wait on the Lord, he's going to save you. Isaiah 40, verse 31. We know this verse. Read. But they that they wait, that upon, wait the Lord upon the Lord, shall renew they're going to renew their strength. They shall they're going to mount up with, wings as, with wings as eagles. They shall run they're going to run and not be weary. Not be weary. They're going to walk and not faint. And not faint. It, when does this happen? It happens when you learn to wait on him Psalm 46 verse 10 be still and know still that I am God and know I am God I will be exalted among the heathen and when you do listen when you do God's going to be exalted among the heathen he's going to be exalted in the earth church I know we spent a few months the glory of God meeting with us special presence of God coming into service after service but it wasn't wasted and it wasn't an accident and people were not misunderstanding God was saying eat it in haste eat it in haste eat it in haste because I'm going to take you down to the Red Sea now when you get there you're going to have to wait for a while and it all depends on what we're doing while we're waiting saints we've got to avail ourselves of this moment of sheltering in place to hurry up and prepare ourselves to do everything we know to do, to pray, to read, to study the word, to be faithful in our church attendance, even if it is online, uh, to, to check on and help our brothers and our sisters and to reach out to the sinners and the backsliders. And as we do, we're really waiting on God. And I'm telling you, when it's all said and done, He's going to do what we can't do. If we'll go ahead and prepare right now, I'm telling you the answer will come. Victory will come. Revival will come. But God wants us to prepare for that. Let's talk to the Lord together right now. Hallelujah. As they play as they sing oh oh saints of God can you can you turn that room where you are right now into a prayer room can you turn it into a prayer room I know so many times we reach this point in the service people start turning it off if you want to turn it off that's fine but don't turn God off right now don't turn God off right now Reach out to him. Seek his face. Cry out to him. Let the potter pick you up and mold you again. He's got a divine plan. He's got a purpose for this pause. He's got a purpose for this pause. Oh, Jesus!